Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Day to Day, the Hammer Betting Network show where we take an early look at some of the injury reports in the National Football League. Of course, Week 10 is on the horizon, so we'll be looking at the Week 10 injury reports so we can see what to look forward to this upcoming weekend. My name is Eric Pauly, and I will be your host taking over for Chris. You can find me on Twitter at SlimeAction. But without further ado, the star of our show, Clev from TAanalytics.com. Clev, how are you? Good, Eric, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me today. It's uh, sad that uh, you know I'm used to working with uh, with uh, Chris, but uh, welcoming you uh, into the show. And uh, you know, there's a ton of as usual, a ton of injuries to discuss. So I know we we want to get into it, but there's uh, there's some big you know. Probably the biggest injury we've seen all season, uh, especially to discuss. Yes, the, certainly potentially the biggest injury of the season to date. We're going to head right into it. We have, of course, Josh Allen, quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, with a UCL injury that, of course, is in his throwing elbow, which as a quarterback, it probably can't get much worse than that. His status is in question for this week. Of course, that will be a big swinger on the point spread and potentially the total as well in Buffalo as they host the Minnesota Vikings this weekend. Two more notable injuries as well to the Buffalo Bills defense. Matt Milano, who missed last game against the Jets and his with an oblique injury and his absence was very noticeable. And Jordan, Jordan Poyer as well, week to week with an elbow injury, another key injury to that Buffalo defense. But of course, we'll start with the top. Josh Allen, Clev, talk to me. Uh, obviously a huge injury. What are you hearing and what are you seeing? Yeah, you know, it's funny because we, we saw him shaking his arm and then he, he ends up throwing what a 70 yard bomb, uh, rolling left, just an incredible throw right after that. So you, you kind of sit there and you wonder, well, if he's really hurt, then how do you make a throw like that? Um, but you know, I, I had heard on Sunday night, you know, some some uh, people were questioning, you know, how severe it could be. You know, he did have a similar injury as a rookie, uh, missed four games. So there is a change, you know, people were, there are rumblings that the, you know, he could miss a game or two or even a couple of weeks just to be on the safe side. So, you know, we saw the look ahead line, I believe was eight and a half. It reopened um, on uh, Monday morning at seven and a half. And we saw, you know, it wasn't even up at some books uh, as some of those rumors were going around, uh, but others were taking, taking money. Um and it kept, you know, yesterday as Sean McDermott, Sean McDermott came out and started talking about it. he was a little vague and, you know, sound a little, you know, a little eerie uh, about what was going on. It was there was not a lot of clarity. So I think the market started to take that as a hint that, you know, he could miss this game. So we saw we saw the line drop to seven. Then we saw it go down to six and a half, which obviously crossing through the key number seven is gigantic. And now <laughs> it's sitting at five and a half as we talk uh, pretty much everywhere. So. Uh, it's clearly a signal that, you know, people think that, you know, there's a probability that he will miss this game. It's not hundred percent. So the way I look at it is, like I said, it was eight and a half on the look ahead. It's five and a half. Now, you know, my best guess as to, and people have asked me this, what do you think the line will be if it's case Keenum is backup? 
I think it could be anywhere from a pick them to Bills minus two and a half. That's that's mm-hmm. my my range. That's what I'm thinking. So if that's the case, um, five and a half is essentially in the middle between you know what it was with a fully healthy Josh Allen, uh, and then what you know it could be with with Case Keenum. So I think the market's pricing this as a coin flip, whether he plays or not. Uh, to be honest, so. You know, I don't think anybody fully knows, but there's definitely questions. And you look at the total. So not only do you have to deal with, obviously, uh, Case Keenum come in as a backup, but the weather in Buffalo on Sunday, you know, it's supposed to be no rain or snow or anything. I think it's supposed to be clear skies, but chilly in the 30s. And then that Buffalo wind, uh, I've seen, you know, gusts over 20 miles an hour, which clearly, you know, wouldn't impact Josh Allen, but a guy like Case Keenum, who's a veteran, but doesn't have a strong arm, you know, that's that's a big issue um, for for Buffalo. So that could also impact this line as well. And the total uh, combination of the weather, uh, along with the Josh Allen um, question marks, has gone from 48 and a half when it opened. Now it's at 45 and a half across the board. So clearly uh, a couple of points of value here uh, if Josh Allen can't play. And it's something to, um, that's really going to be interesting to monitor the rest of the rest of the week. But, you know, obviously the biggest impact. Probably, you know, between him and Mahomes, the largest impact between starter and backup in the NFL. Uh, and we'll, we'll get a sense as to how much the market really does value Josh Allen versus uh, Case Keenum when it's all said and done. Yeah, we certainly will. I know Buffalo Bills fans are crossing their fingers, hoping there is nothing too serious going on in that magical elbow. Because especially after that loss to the Jets last week, we have a heavy, heavy race in the AFC East. Uh, anyone's game, all four teams are clearly in the hunt for that division title. And if Josh Allen misses not only this week, but uh, a couple more weeks into the future, the Buffalo Bills go from clear Super Bowl favorites to, you know, kind of having a ton of question marks. So a lot to look at, not only for just this game for Buffalo, but also for the rest of the season. So, of course, prayers to Josh Allen. Never want to see injuries to any players, let alone some of the young budding stars in this league. But headed to the next game, a team that's been banged up for a while this season, and now the injuries continue to stockpile. The Arizona Cardinals, they head to Los Angeles to take on the Rams on Sunday, and they've had some injuries on their offensive line. Will Hernandez and Rodney Hudson are both expected to miss some time. But now Buda Baker, the two-time All-Pro safety, is projected to be out two to three points with an ankle injury. I mean, Clev, I know Arizona does not inspire confidence really at any phases of their game so far right now. But how impactful now will this Buda Baker injury be to this again already struggling team? Yeah, I mean he's uh, he's pretty much the heart and soul of that defense. Him and JJ Watt, uh, but they, you know their secondary is lacking as it is. And when you lose a guy like Buda Baker to a high ankle sprain for a few weeks, you know you lose a guy who um, you know not only can make plays in the secondary um, as you know five interceptions in his career, he's got. Um, you know, a couple fumble recoveries. He also, uh, I think he took the, the the fumble recovery against the Raiders in that big comeback. He took that to the house in overtime for the win. He's also one of the best run defending safeties in the NFL. He's, he's essentially a box safety. Um, great tackler. Uh, can get to the quarterback too on those blitzes. So you kind of lose everything and it changes just the way you, you construct your secondary. And this is a team that's been struggling as it is um, in, in the back end. So uh, going up against Cooper Cup and, and you know the Rams that are obviously strong on, struggling on offense, uh, it's one less thing to worry about without Buda Baker there. And then you know on the offensive line, you mentioned Will Hernandez. You know he's he's actually had a, a pretty solid season. He's been up and down in his career, but this year he's been a pretty good pass blocker, top twenty in the NFL when you look at PFF uh, pass block rate among 
among guards. He's the second best pass blocker uh, along that Cardinals offensive front, which isn't very good to begin with. But, you know, now that he's going to be out, they're already missing uh, Justin Pugh, their uh, their top guard, at, uh, their left guard a couple of weeks ago. He's out for the season. And their centers, you mentioned Rodney Hudson has missed the last few weeks. I don't think he's going to play. I mean, who knows? He, he may rise up here this week, but he's been out for a few weeks. And if you watch any of that game last week <laughs> against Seattle, Billy Price, the backup center, uh, botched you know, three or four snaps. You almost had two, uh, almost two fumbles, uh, just because you couldn't, you know, snap the, just a normal shotgun snap. He's had a bunch of problems. He was just making, you know, a ton of mistakes. That interior of offensive line is just, is all backups. And now you got to face Aaron Donald. So this line was, uh, opened up at what, three and a half, I believe, uh, trickled down, uh, to three. I think they were, the Cardinals were taking some money. And then, um, you know, after that Buda Baker news is kind of stuck here at three, Surprised, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that bounced back up to three and a half a little bit. I think the Buda Baker injury really does matter. And, you know, we, we just don't know what's going on with the psyche of Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. It's just been a complete mess. So uh, I'll be interested to see how this line settles in. But I think three is the floor and you could get back up to three and a half. Yeah, no, I, I certainly see where you're coming from. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, something that I actually highlighted in my preseason review of this team was how just not only uh, mediocre their line was in terms of talent, but also in age. They're just one of the older teams. And so far this season, especially with the Murray that they just gave that huge contract to, you would think they would try to emphasize protecting him a little bit more. But that offensive line came into the season as one of the older units in the NFL, has now been dealing with injuries. And to add insult to injury now, their best defensive player, like we mentioned, is going to be out for, again, two to three weeks. So uh, not great for a team that currently right now is 21st in passing DVOA and uh, 15th in rushing DVOA. So Buda Baker's loss will be – well, you'll see it on the Cardinal side that uh, they're going to be struggling a little bit in both facets of the game on defense. But now going to the Cleveland Browns, they are headed to Miami this weekend and take on the Dolphins in what I think is going to be a very interesting game. But two injuries that stand out on Cleveland's side for starters is one Wyatt Teller, a guard who is dealing with a calf injury, who has been one of the better players since the Browns have acquired him and kind of molded him into a great lineman. And then Denzel Ward, the top CB in Cleveland, he's had a history of concussions. He's dealing with another one, which is never a good thing to hear for any player. Uh, definitely certainly concerning, especially when you head to Miami to take on that two-headed monster of Jalen Waddell and Tyree Kill. Uh, the Miami Dolphins, though, do not have a great pass rush, so I think Teller's injury might be, um, you know, they're able to mask that, considering, again, Miami lacking that um, pass rushing prowess. We'll see how it works with Bradley Chubb, though. But, Clev, I'm curious what you're thinking, because obviously this Denzel Ward can't suit up uh, against this, again, Miami off passing offense. That's going to be really tough to stop. Yeah, and the bye came at the right time for the Browns. So uh, Teller is questionable. Sounds like he's trending towards playing. And he's, you know, him and Batonia are the top two run-blocking guards in the NFL. Um, not as great on pass-blocking, but these are, these are road graders. So in a game where you're going to have to control the clock a little bit, keep the, the Miami offense off the field with the, you know, the best running game in the NFL, having Teller in there uh, can certainly – Help, help things there. And we saw how, how good the, that's a different animal, but we saw Justin Fields run all over this Miami defense last week. We saw Lamar Jackson do the same thing uh, in week two. So, you know, there are opportunities, I think, for the Browns run game here uh, to take advantage of that Miami defense a little bit soft up the middle. And then defensively, as you mentioned, Denzel Ward, you know, he hasn't had the, the greatest of seasons, but he's still a top-notch corner. 
And, you know, you, you're going up against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. You need all the firepower you can get on defense. And, you know, if he's healthy and if he's ready to go, and it sounds like he is, he's trending that way. Uh, I think that's clearly, um, it's clearly going to help the Browns here. Uh, keep, keep, you know, keep Miami off the field in terms of extending drives and um, having him there for, for some of those third downs, especially along with Martin Emerson, who's a rookie who's played really well. He filled in one of the, he's actually uh, uh, behind sauce Gardner and, think Tariq Woolen in terms of uh, best cornerbacks this year among the rookies, you know, he got some valuable time against the Bengals and having him, you know, having three good cornerbacks, especially in the heat of Miami and have to rotate them in. um, I think gives the the Browns, if he's able to play, um, you know, much better level of support on that defense and gives them a much better shot to cover. You know, this line sitting at four, uh, I think that's probably, um, if I had to guess, essentially where it's going to stay for a while. Um, I can't see, you know, maybe it trickles down to three and a half, not much difference between three and a half and four, but um, it's likely where it's going to settle here. So it should be a great game and a great matchup between uh, a good secondary, at least cornerback wise with the Browns. They haven't played like it, but they've got the talent uh, versus that Miami offense. Yeah, it should be, like you said, a great matchup. Two high-powered offenses with two defenses that came into the season with definitely higher expectations and have not played up to their standards this year. So a very intriguing matchup happening in Miami this weekend, and we'll have to keep tabs on Denzel Ward and his status, but it's looking like Wyatt Teller is certainly a no-go for Sunday. But another key matchup and another key injury, the Green Bay Packers are hosting the Dallas Cowboys this Sunday. And before we go into two players who might play, we have to, of course, talk about the one who is out for the season. Rashawn Gary has finally come into his own form. He was showing it at the end of last season. But to start the season, he was really a force to be reckoned with. Unfortunately, he tore something. I think it was the ACL. He's out for the season. And then now offensively, the Packers are dealing with injuries to Aaron Jones, who left last week's game with an ankle injury. He's to uh, His status is to be determined. And Robio Dobbs, of the Packers' very thin receiver core to start, has an ankle injury and could miss some time. We'll, of course, start with Gary because he is the you know higher ticket player of these three. But how does this affect this matchup? And again, another absolute must-win game for Green Bay at home against the Cowboys on Sunday. Yeah, Gary was playing uh, lights out, and I know he had gotten some buzz for uh, Defensive Player of the Year before the season. He had been playing like it. He was fourth going into last week, fourth in pressure rate among edge rushers. Uh, he has six sacks. Um, he's uh, look at you know the PFF pass rush grades. He's top fifteen there. You know he represents about thirty percent of the the pressures among the the Packers front four. So you know losing him is a, just a gigantic loss. I mean he's fifth in the NFL among edge rushers too. In, uh, in, pre- in total pressure. So, you know, it's already a defense that, you know, is getting blown off the ball. Um, uh, Dallas will definitely be able to try to run on them. And so not having Gary there, um, A, for, you know, run defense, but also obviously getting to the quarterback, just just a huge loss. Um, he's probably, you know, don't want to quantify it specifically, but I'm sure he's one of the top 10 maybe uh, defensive uh, valuable players um, that are out there. Um, you know, in the NFL. And then um, offensively, as you mentioned, it's already a you know bottom 10 offense when it comes to drop back EPA. The the wide receivers don't get much separation. And now you're going to lose Romeo Dobbs, who, you know, hasn't been, you know, hasn't been setting the world on fire, but he's a guy who can make some plays, uh, go up and get, he can go up and get the ball. Not having him, you know, on top of all the other issues that offense is having um, is definitely not something that you're, you know, it's not, not ideal. And then Aaron Jones, it looks like he is going to play. 
he did have an ankle issue. He left the game against the Lions, uh, but you know, x-rays are negative and it sounds like he will play. You know, he's very valuable in that, you know, A.J. Dillon's just kind of a, you know, he's stuck in mud and just kind of doesn't really make too much happen in terms of he just gets his three yards and that's about it. Uh, Aaron Jones, at least you can use him in the passing game and he's versatile. He can go down the field. So, you know, against you know, one of the best defenses, the NFL, you're going to need him, especially on those quick throws um, with the pass rush of the, of the Cowboys. So him being 100% is, is clearly um, going to be huge for this this team that is just in disarray. It, you know, it's just if I would have told you that the, the Packers would be, you know, five, five and a half point underdogs at home in week 10 with a healthy Aaron Rodgers, you probably wouldn't believe me before the season started. So, you know, how the mighty have fallen and, um, you know, just the, the injuries piling up to everything else you know, makes for their assignment against a, a well-rested off a of bye Dallas team really tough this week. Yeah, the Dallas team, that's defense has been playing absolutely lights out this season. Then looking at the Packers too, I mean, uh, maybe someone should uh, let Mike, uh, Mike LaFleur know, excuse me, Matt LaFleur, Mike LaFleur is his brother. Matt LaFleur know that, you know, they have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. They should pound the football more and get a little bit more creative that way. But uh, it's going to be tough to deal without Aaron Jones in this offense. Like you said, he looks to be on track to play, which would definitely be a exciting development for Packers fans if they want anything to do with this game. If they really think they have a chance to win this football game, they're going to need to rely on him a ton. So we will keep an eye on that and keep monitoring that situation. But another game with impactful injuries on both sides of the field is the New Orleans Saints headed to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers this weekend. On the Saints side, you have a lot of injuries that are unfortunate. For starters, Jarvis Landry, there was thought for a minute maybe he would be able to play last night on Monday Night Football. He did not play. His stats still uncertain. Marshawn Lattimore, he's missed the last five games. Of course, a very important piece to their defense. He did not suit up last night either. Now you have two injuries that actually happened last night. The center, Eric McCoy, he was caught wearing a walking boot after the game, a very solid player. He uh, his status is now up in the air. And Marcus Davenport on their defensive line, he was in the third quarter on Monday night. He's obviously had some injury history throughout his career as well, but when on the field has been mostly effective. Uh, that's a lot going on for the Saints. But for the Steelers side, T.J. Watt has been des- on, put on the designated for return list, meaning it either has to happen this week or next where he will be seeing some action. Talk to me, Clev. For starters, do you think Watt makes the return this week? And two, if so, how does that really impact this line, especially for a Saints team that will be missing one of their wide receivers, their top corner, one of their top edge rushers, and now their top interior offensive lineman? Yeah, uh, so we'll start with the Saints. I mean, I know there's it's hard because the, the game just ended last night, so you just don't know how, how things are going to play out. But yeah, all those guys, Eric McCoy, your starting center. Um, you know, it, obviously losing a center is never, never – uh, that's something you want to do, um, especially going up against Casey Hayward and, um, or sorry, Cameron Hayward, uh, defensive tackle of uh, of the Steelers, and then you know losing Marcus Davenport is number one on that uh, defensive line and pass rush in terms of pressures, and this is a a team that is surprisingly uh, defensively really struggling uh, in terms of a pass rush, bottom five in the NFL. We saw it last night; they really did not, you know, cannot contain uh, Lamar Jackson that well. And, you know, yeah, you're going, you're playing against a rookie quarterback, but, you know, when you can't get pressure and you're going to potentially lose your number one uh, defensive player, at least along the defensive line, that that obviously could be a crushing blow. Who knows what happens with Marcus Lattimore? He's been out for, for weeks now, and it doesn't sound like there's any kind of end in sight there. 
Um, but you know, he's a guy that just, you know, just changes that secondary because they have nobody else really back there, uh, at least at the cornerback position that you feel comfortable with and some good receivers with the Steelers. So it's kind of that, you know, that cluster effect. If you lose all of those guys, you know, that definitely, you know, changes things on the road. It's going to be chilly in Pittsburgh, you know, a dome team playing out there, having a guy like Jarvis Landry would be huge. He hasn't played in a few weeks as well. Uh, he could be a security blanket for a guy like, uh, Andy Dalton, who's been relying way too much on uh, Alvin Kamara, I think, in the, in the, out of the backfield. Uh, but, yeah, with the Steelers and J.J. Watt, I have no idea – or T.J. Watt, I have no idea if he's going to play this week for sure or not, but I know he was activated, and he's the type of guy that will, would you know likely gets on the field as soon as he's able to. You know, the Steelers – and we talked about it when he got hurt initially. If you look at all the off- and on-field splits in his career, and we've got over 1,000 snaps of sample size, uh, both on and off, you know, the Steelers go from a top five defense, actually top three defense with him on the field to essentially, you know, bottom eight. Uh, when you look at all the advanced metrics from, from an EPA perspective when he's been off. And so, you know, we saw it so far this season without him. You know, this this team is uh, this defense is ranked 26 in EPA. Uh, so it's clearly going to, to be a huge impact. You know, probably, as I mentioned, Gary might be top 10 impactful and defensively. I mean, I think uh, TJ Watts, number one, in terms of the level of impact, because we just have this large sample size that we've seen what this defense looks like with and without him. So, you know, if you get him uh, on the field and then you have the Saints losing, you know, their center potentially, and then Marcus Davenport, if you, if that happens, then, you know, this line sitting at two and a half. There's no way, I don't think it'll get to three after what happened last night and then with those injuries and with Watt, I think you, you might see some Pittsburgh money here and get closer to a pick them uh, as we get closer to game time, but um, definitely impactful from, from a Steelers perspe- perspective, no doubt. Yeah, certainly. And you cannot um, discount how impactful, like you were just mentioning TJ Watt is to this team when he is healthy. We hope to see him healthy soon because he is just an absolute pleasure to watch. But again, like you mentioned, looking at the line being a two and a half, I feel like, Given the situation of the Saints right now, currently, despite some of the struggles the Steelers have had, there's just really no way this goes back to three. I can only see it crawling closer to a PK instead of going the other way. So definitely something to keep an eye on if the reigning DPOY will suit up this weekend. But on to the second to last game, we're going to be looking at prime time, the San Francisco 49ers hosting Los Angeles Chargers. And they have had a barrage of injuries to deal with, starting with Debo Samuel, dealing with a hamstring, did not play last week, and he is questionable for this week. Jason Verrett, the cornerback, was activated from the PUP list, but his return is, is uh, DUB and also uh, TBD, excuse me. And Dre Greenlaw, he missed last week with a calf injury. He is potentially going to suit up um, against this Chargers team, of course. Uh, you like to have as much firepower on both sides of the ball as possible. Uh, talk to me, Clev. What are you hearing? What are you seeing? And uh, how do you think it's going to pan out? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, obviously Debo is the huge one. I think they that was pr- uh, precautionary going into that ram. They knew the buy was coming up, and you know, I talked about it here. I actually had money, had money on the under, thinking I, I had great CLV, <laughs> and I did um, before the Debo uh, news came out. So I had a couple points of uh, of under money that you know didn't hit. Uh, actually went over, and you know, with about five minutes left. But um, I, I figured that going into a buy that they, they would rest Debo because when you have a, a soft in, a tissue injury like that, you want to be careful. You'll, it could linger all season. So I would be surprised if he didn't play again. I don't know. I'm not a doctor and I'm just, just thinking out loud kind of how they were handling him. I think with that bye week um, you know, you would expect him to go uh, obviously having him with, we saw how that offense was able 
to be opened up with with Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield. My God, when you're going to be able to pair up McCaffrey and Debo, oh, like you're going to put defenses in a bind. That doesn't even include George Kittle and, and Brandon Ayuk. Uh, so uh, for uh, a Chargers defense that's been struggling a little bit, you know, I, I think that uh, Shanahan went to the lab <laughs> in the bye week, and if he's able to use Debo, I think he's going to come out with some really uh, cool wrinkles. Uh, to confuse the Chargers defense, but so obviously that that's a big one that could just give more firepower to the to the the Niners here. And then you look defensively, you know, Dre Greenlaw is an underrated linebacker, is one of the best coverage linebackers in the NFL. When you're going up against the Chargers, and you know they're having injuries of the you know themselves at wide receiver position, you're not going to have Mike Williams and you know Keenan Allen you know, may or may not play. They really, uh, Justin Herb has really been targeting Austin Eckler a ton in the in the past game, and that's where a guy like Greenlaw and Fred Warner really can, if they can shut that down and don't allow um, you know much yards after the catch when when he does dump it off, that's going to really affect how the Chargers kind of get off the you know extend drives and, and for the Niners get off the field. So I think Greenlaw being in is really really uh, would be a, a big impact from a you know coverage standpoint, even for people that are looking at props maybe. Um, for a guy like Eckler, you know, that's something to keep an eye on if, if Dre Greenlaw can play. Uh, and then Jason Verrett has just been, it's just been like one injury after the other. So if he can come in, that, that'd that be, you know, helpful for this, for the secondary that already lost uh, Emmanuel Mosley, you know, having another cornerback back there uh, with Shavarius Ward uh, will definitely, uh, you know, help them uh, uh, this week and, and going forward. So, you know, the Niners are just, it happens every single year. It's like, you know, um, it's like clockwork with them in the, in these injuries. So uh, they'll, they'll get a couple guys back and then they'll probably lose a couple guys. Right. Yeah. Them and the chargers uh, playing each other on Sunday. And that seems yeah. to have been their MO over the last uh, few seasons or so as they just have a lot of talent. Unfortunately, the injury bug happens to strike them, not just early, but early and often, unfortunately for those two teams. Uh, but moving to the final injury report to look forward to for this weekend. For now, we have Ryan Tannehill missed the last two games with an ankle sprain. Looking at the Tennessee Titans, how they performed, obviously Malik Willis is not asked to do too much, but that's a good thing because it seems as if if he was asked to do more, it might not pan out properly. Um, Tannehill, of course, you know, he's, you could have some feelings either way on how he is as a quarterback. We know he's not amazing. He's definitely not horrible, but what are you hearing about his ankle sprain? Will he be participating in this matchup against the Broncos at home, who of course have a great pass defense, or are we looking for Malik Willis round three? Yeah, it's a good question. I, you know, it sounded like he, he was obviously a game time decision last week. I didn't think he was going to play. I mean, the market was pricing it like he was likely not to play. I mean, it did go from 12 and a half to 14, at, uh, you know, after the announcement. But um, I think if he would have played, it would have been closer to, to 10. So I think it was pricing in, you know, some level of, of you know, um, potential of, of, him not playing last week. I don't know. I mean, he's got that ankle sprain. That's not easy. So he, he, you know, you got to push off that when you throw, you know, he, he does have some mobility, uh, can run that RPO a little bit, can get out of the pocket. So not having that, even if he does play, you know, from all accounts, he'll, he'd really be limited from that perspective. And again, against an attacking Denver defense um, that can get some pass rush and a really tough secondary, you, you know, you're going to need some of that mobility to be able to make plays and get away from the pass rush. And if you can't do that, that's obviously a big issue. But I don't know if you can go back to Malik Willis. I mean, I know that they, you know, hung tough with, you know, took the the Chiefs to overtime. You know, the, the Chiefs defense isn't the same as the Broncos. And the Broncos could just load up the box 
and force them to you know to throw it. And Malik has put has put up some of the worst numbers I've ever seen. I mean, you look at his EPA per plays, and he's dead last in the NFL, as you'd imagine. Negative zero point four seven three EPA per dropback. I mean, to put that in perspective, not only is that last, I mean, that is last by a country mile over Sam Ellinger, who's been horrible himself, and he's at negative point three one two. So you're talking about going from negative four seven to negative three one. I mean, it's it's a huge huge gap between the worst and, and second worst. So I don't know how you throw Willis out there. This line is really really interesting because it's sitting at three. You know, a little bit more shaded towards the Broncos, like one fifteen. But you know, if Tannehill plays, does this get the three and a half? I don't. I'm not sure about that. I think these teams are not that far off. You know, when you look at some of the underlying metrics, I know the win loss. You know, obviously isn't the same, but. From the underlying stat perspective, I think they're they're you know the, the Titans are maybe a point point and a half better, and that but if Malik Willis plays, can this line be more than one and a half or two for the Titans? I'm not sure. Like that that it's really interesting where this line is sitting. I, I think this this is kind of a no man's land where the books are not sure how, how to really price this right now. So you know I, I think it's one of those where if you think Tannehill is not going to play, just grab the three right now and even if he does play it still might be a valuable number uh because he's going to be hampered but um if he doesn't play malik willis is a starter you know you could see this thing trickle down to maybe one one and a half so um you know really interesting uh, uh perspective but you know my guess is is he if i had to put money on it i would say he would play but just be um you know his his mobility would be effective uh, affected but i'm you know not 100 percent sure here yeah, and even if he does play, like you mentioned, great point. You have to still consider if he'll be hindered and how hindered he'll be in that pocket. Denver Broncos can put the clamps on your wide receivers and they can pressure the quarterback. So if, uh, you know, as we know, the Tennessee Titans lack receiving talent, if the Broncos secondary can kind of erase those guys, force Tannehill into pressure, he's not going to be able to move. It could be a long day for the Titans. But the one edge that you could certainly, I'm sure, give to Titans over Broncos is that coaching edge. But like you mentioned, that the uh, Titans maybe if Malik Willis is in closing at around uh, PK or Titans minus one, that situation when they announced Malik Willis was playing against the Titans, of course, a complete against the Texans, of course, a much worse team than the Broncos. Though the Broncos aren't great by any means right now, um, that line completely flipped on its head. But of course, the Titans still won that game outright. So some very interesting storylines in Week 10 based on the injury reports. Uh, make sure to keep an eye on some of these things that are happening. If you like some numbers now and you get some information that somebody is not going to be playing, certainly try to jump on that better number now. Or con conversely, if you think that you're waiting for a report and you want to take uh, the favorite still and wait for that line to come down, then, of course, stay up to date with some injury news. But Clev, any closing thoughts for the show today? No, as usual, like it's it's tough because this is still uh, still before any of the official injury reports pop up on Wednesday. So you know, there's always every single week there are guys that we don't even talk about here that we don't even know is battling something that ends up popping up, and you know they they don't end up playing for the week. So you know, again, keep an eye on the injury reports uh, as much as you can. You know, uh, follow uh, as many beat reporters if, if that's something you're looking for. Follow as many beat reporters as you can on um, on Twitter to get all the the injury information. And you know, I, I think there there's some the Josh Allen one being top of, top of mind, and maybe Ryan Tannehill second. Uh, those are the most impactful for sure, and those are the ones that I think the market's going to move on the most. So, uh, you know, yeah, we'll 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 keep an eye on all those injury reports and see see how it impacts uh, the lines this week. Certainly, will do. 
So thank everybody for listening. You can find me on Twitter at Slime Action. You can find Clev on Twitter at Clev TA. Thank you guys all for listening, and we'll see you next week.